Hey, you're listening to Charge Tech Podcast, episode 56, a podcast that looks at tech under the hood. I'm your host, Owen, and joining me today is your co-host, John. And I nailed the intro. How are you doing today, that was John? really good. Not even didn't have your show notes out or anything. I didn't even like have a browser. Like It was perfect. A plus. How's the weather? Oh my gosh. Bad? It's creepy. Why? It's beautiful. Yesterday, yeah. I felt like I could have gone out in... Well, I did just go out in a sweater, like a light sweater and a, and a jeans. Yeah, it's really, really beautiful. How about there? Oh, it's icy, icicle weather here. Like, disgusting. I need a holiday. Like, San Francisco ruined me because it was so nice there when I was there a few weeks ago. But it's California. Like, it doesn't count. They cheat. San Francisco would be great if it wasn't for the fact that... <laughs> All the things. San Francisco. <laughs> oh, my God. So, John. Mm-hmm. I have something uh, very cool to share. Dun, dun, dun. Is I it- am pregnant. No, <laughs> not, not. Uh, <laughs> sorry. What was, what was your guess going to be? Uh, that you're pregnant. Oh, damn it. You, are you, you firing are- me? Oh, are you firing me? As- Actually, I'm going to bring Rod, Rod on. <laughs> Rod, congrats. You've been promoted. Oh, my God. Can we just... That, that was so funny. I w- okay, so... <laughs> what happened? I'll tell the news after this. What happened? Okay, sorry. Owen and I were going to do this special edition podcast last week with this guy that Owen knows. And so this guy's in New Zealand, I think. So I, and he like, so Owen sends me a link to this like times translator thing. And it's like, can you do it at this time? And it's 3 3 a.m. My time. It was a really nice tool, right? I was like, here's a link. Everybody agrees. It's perfect. I I can do it at 3 a.m. I'll get up at 3 a.m. I'll just set an alarm. (laughs) 3 a.m. Horrible. So I set an alarm for 3 a.m. I get up. And I kind of was pretty sure something was wrong because there was a message from Owen at 2 a.m. almost exactly saying ready to go. And I was like, "Uh uh-oh, there's something's wrong. So I was like, hey, dude, are you ready to go? And Owen's like, what do you mean? It was an hour ago. And I'm like, check the link you sent me. And then that was that. And sure enough, the link said an hour ago, but it turned out they didn't account for DST in Europe. So good times. So from now on, we just use calendars. Anyway, the cool news is, I don't know how many people who listen to this are in the Slack community, but uh, I've been working on a thing for a while, which is sounds vague, right? Um, no, I've been working on a product that like is, I don't know, a morning briefing without the ads and the horrible clickbait and that kind of thing, as well as a community side. Uh, it's a small fee for it, but it means you get something that's very good. There's a lot of smart people in there and we hang out and yeah, you get like this thing every morning that tells you everything that matters. You don't get this clickbait of WhatsApp changed the icon to a new shade of green, whatever, you know, the tech chaff. And uh, it's going to launch this week. So if you're listening. It's like a daily briefing. Yeah, it's a daily briefing kind of through my view. And I made it because I didn't want to have advertising. Like I really hate, like we've talked about this a lot as well, John, on and off this podcast. Like we didn't want to put ads because it felt gross. I don't know. Uh, I mean, Trello can sponsor us, but nobody else. I would rather give my time for free than make someone listen right. to an ad. Exactly. It's like, here, let's just rant, and like there are no ads, <laughs> except for the continual discussion about Apple and Trello. Anyway, so the basic idea is this thing means that you get this briefing, the podcast gets edited, and there's no ads and all those kinds of things. It's legitimately useful. We've had, well, I mean, I'm biased. I made it, but I built a software thing for this because I hated how all of these other things work. You can share the newsletter. It's like very well made, I hope. We'll see. Let me know. <laughs> but the idea is that you're buying into the community and being a part of this thing. You should give it a shot. 
yeah, give it a shot. It is going to launch at char.gd, the worst domain name, slash recharged. But if you go and you're listening to this and put like, how do I explain this? Oh God. Okay. I'm going to make it a subdomain after this, but if you put podcast.char.gd, I'll send you to a very small discount uh, that lasts forever on your account if you're listening to this. So just go to podcast.char.gd. But don't do that. Just it's Owen doing this for you. So just pay him normally. Yeah. Or you can pay me, but no, it's like, I appreciate the people who join early because it's good feedback, you know, like I've worked on this with 150 people and the feedback has been invaluable. So I'm opening it up wider. Wait, so what's this thing cost? Uh, it depends. If you join now, I think it's $6. I need to check it because there's two currencies, but it's like six bucks a month. That's it. That's it. And you get everything. No ads. And you get my brain inside your inbox and stuff. Worth it. It's really good, actually. So sign up. Anyway, let's talk about tech. <laughs> That's my spiel. Let's talk about tech. Well, does, does everyone know that you left your job and that you're doing this full time? Oh, I don't know if I ever talked about on the on the freelance uh, part of this thing. Yeah, I don't work at Vimoth anymore and I'm freelancing full time. So it's also like my focus is on this and freelancing and all that kind of thing. So it's a big support, of course. Oh, and as a service. It's me in your inbox. But actually, uh, the coolest thing about it, and maybe I can talk about it at length on another podcast, um, but... I don't know if anybody here has tried to build a community or send a newsletter or something that's like gated. There's no software for this. Like it's a super janky experience. So I actually built the thing in the middle as well, which was the whole point of it. It's like you you should feel like it's not shit. So just try it. I'll refund you if you hate it. That's basically it. So oh, right there's no risk. Better no boom. No better guarantee than that. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Shall we talk about good shit? That's good shit. Yeah, I know. Even more good shit though. There's All some right. good shit. because um, you did the Trello this week. So I love this. I just showed up late and we did the trailer. Tesla. Oh my God. I actually have like the best hot take, I think, on this or maybe the worst. I'm so curious on what you think about this whole Tesla thing because there's so much in what happened with Tesla this last week. It's a very complex situation. Let's talk about first what the news was and then our hot takes. So. Okay. Which my question is, what would you rather buy? A Tesla truck or a Tesla Roadster? Because both are pretty amazing. I mean, both are like spaceship things. It looked like something out of 2030. Yeah, it was the feature now. Like, I almost want to drive a big rig because they made them beautiful. It's like Elon Musk read zero to one. Or no, it's like Elon Musk and Peter Thiel hung out and talked about zero to one before he wrote zero right, to one. Right, right. And then Elon was like, you're going to get the future now, jerks. Yeah, here it is for you and you and you. Yep. No, so, okay. <laughs> Tesla truck. Let's start with that. Tesla truck. It's an electric truck. It can go 500 miles on a single charge. They have that new um, it's supercharger. It's got all the stuff. Just like everything you Literally. can imagine you would want in a truck. Like it's electric. It's super aerodynamic. It goes 500 miles. It's got like built-in fleet management, uh, like nuclear bomb Some self-driving proof. features. Yeah, pretty much. No, it's like got super good self-driving stuff. It's got almost everything except full autonomy. And also, it knows how to, um, what do you call that? Platooning? Do you know what platooning is? Oh, uh, like uh, when it's in a fleet, like it's following each other. Yeah, trucks do this yeah. thing called platooning. because they In the US in particular. Yeah, they do these really long, long cross-country uh, drives. And then, of course, you're moving this huge 
wall of air all the time. So if you put all the trucks behind, you create this aerodynamicness um, uh, or extend the aerodynamity or I guess allow for less drag basically. And so, but the Tesla trucks will all talk to each other and automatically figure out right distances, right gassing, right braking, all that kind of stuff. And just like do the most efficient thing. And even more crazy, sorry, I'm really excited about this truck. No, I but love even this. more crazy is the cost of the truck. 150000 on base price, which is pretty no, good for a truck. look, cost per mile or something like that. Oh, yeah, I remember this. It's all based on the uh, kilowatt hour, right? So versus the price of diesel per mile. One point, $1.26 per mile. And what's a regular diesel truck, does it say? Oh, it's usually $1.51 per mile, so it's quite a saving. $1.26 or $1.51 per mile. Right, and then wasn't there... Yeah, and then I think if you drive them in fleets, it gets even cheaper or something like that. So what do you think? Amazing. Magical. It's the Elon Musk play. Is Tesla going to go bankrupt? I have legitimate concerns <laughs> at this point. <laughs> so, yeah. like this whole thing, I wondered what you thought about this because I was like watching the event, and the whole time I was thinking, like, he's insane. Like, and like in a good and a bad way. But Tesla is not a company that is anywhere near profitability or having a level of focus where they could just like even afford to do another like a to do a truck. Is a as as like yes they could make a lot of money on this holy shit they're barely delivering on the Model Three and they're hemorrhaging money it's bad it's like a billion dollars a month now or something a billion dollars a quarter I think are they hemorrhaging money or are they just doing what they're supposed to be doing and it's expensive to do it so that's that's the question so I there's this fantastic this company reminds me a lot of Amazon yes me too they're bankrolling this like. It's a very smart play. They're spending all their money. But I think my concern, I read a fantastic piece about it that I promise you will be in the show notes because it just blew my mind. It's thousands of words. If you care about these kinds of things and you want to nerd out, it's on Seeking Alpha, which is like an investor thing. Yeah, I like that blog. Yeah, it's crazy. And this guy just did this analysis of Tesla and he basically said their attention is so fragmented and they're hemorrhaging money in so many parts of their business that it seems unrealistic that Tesla will be able to raise money repeatedly or pull rabbits out of the hat he basically deduced that tesla is burning money so quickly and uh, constantly getting new distractions like i don't even know if you know this but they're launching a music service apparently uh well i think they're doing a in-car radio system entertainment right right sure but it's like may as well come on i don't know it's it's they, they argued can tesla keep this up if they've got like solar city they've got the power wall which is a technical unmitigated disaster um, great idea, but they just haven't executed on it. They've got the solar roofs, they've got cars, they've got now a roadster, you know, a truck. I mean, I want Elon Musk to win, but it seems like he's got the attention of like a, yeah, a baby. Like, I don't know. What do you think on this? Well, what do you think of the roadster? Holy shit. It's a genius fundraising move. <laughs> I'm pretty sure this is how they plan to stay afloat. Right. I mean, that thing is insane. That it's like the world's fastest car, but if it can be more than a prototype, that's the the reality here. So, did you see the whole fine print of this? Is like you can reserve one of a thousand founders editions right now. Yeah, and if you do, you have to pay two hundred fifty thousand up front <laughs> to get it in like three years, and that means they're going to get a cash injection of what uh, two hundred fifty million dollars just by not making those cars for three years. You know, it's pretty genius. I guess. I mean, it's a very interesting way to run your business. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I struggle with this um, this thing that Elon Musk has bred amongst his fans. You know, he's like the Steve Jobs of everything. He's the guy who, I'm sure you've read the Ashley Vance like 
Elon Musk book. He's the he's the guy who pulls something out of the hat at the last second every single time. And I'm just I just don't know how far the fanboyism and the crazy tricks and all this insanity can go. It surely at some point you make a misstep, you know? At some point he has to dial this back. And if you the seeking alpha post points out rightly that they've lost something like thirty two key executives over and over and over in the last, you know, year. So it's it does make me wonder, can he keep doing it? An interesting question, I, I guess. So I was just looking at. Sorry, I was off on a little bit of a rabbit hole, but I was curious. Love it. So Walmart's first stock offering was in 1970. That long ago, wow! And they they paid their first shareholder dividends in 1974. So like that's kind of to my mind oh, wow. like the measure of when a business hits good stability is its dividend and tesla's nowhere near this right so that like i think that will be when we know that amazon is doing really really well is when they start they're not paying dividends either right no i believe so so i'm going to tell you you should read this story john i think you'd be super into it um the analysis is like the biggest concerns that he lists out are the inventory they have on hand like the staff churn and the 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 like laser focus you know for lack of a better word so they lost um shall i just summarize this this is a really good list uh december 2016 they fired 1500 employees december 2016 another 1500 employees uh 2016 the vice president of products and energy uh division uh they also lost the director of the autopilot program the director of sales in 2017, they lost the vice president of autopilot, the director of hardware engineering, the CFO, the vice president of HR, global director of uh, design, vice president of autopilot again, <laughs> the new one, CEO of Solar City, the CTO of Solar City, the director of battery technology, the VP of business development, fired 180 Solar City employees, 63 Tesla employees, lost their investor relations team, they all resigned, 700 Tesla employees, director of battery engineering again. And the president of finance, the replacement of the other person. So, not great. I mean, it's a big company, but those are some executive level. Like, it's that's churn you don't want to have. Like, autopilot. Like, what? <laughs> Bizarre. People are the core of your business, right? No, I know. I, I just don't know if I would read into that being really good or really bad. I, it's hard to say. I think I read into the, the churn at the executive level as a problem. If they're just, like, upgrading their staff all the time, that's not necessarily a bad are they thing. updating their staff though like these are roles that are empty for months at a time mm. it, yeah i don't know it's a it's a weird thing like it's so hard to judge from outside right they're burning eight i think it was eight thousand dollars a minute or something seriously i think that's what i read today tight i mean I, this is the convoluted thing i was kind of alluded to before which was elon musk is a person who pulls things out of the hat at the last second but i just struggle with like analyzing them in a meaningful way because it's hard because it seems magical, you know? <laughs> it's just the way that he is. I mean, he pulls out this roadster well, and he pulls out this truck and you're like, well, it's the future, but you only managed to produce one of these things. I guess my question is, are you short Tesla then? And also, what is short Tesla? I think if you're in on Tesla, I mean, I, I'm long Tesla, but like if you're in on Tesla, it's a long, 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 long Tesla. Yeah, it's like 20... 25 it's like a kid a stock you buy for your kids or something. right right exactly so i don't know that's tesla we'll see i mean the roadster and the truck don't ship till 2019 onwards can we just talk about the roadster for a second it's insane i love it it's really fast yeah it's the world's fastest car it's really f- but oh man i don't know i don't know if you know this that i love cars 
think I've told you this before. Mm-hmm. I love cars. So, and I've driven some. And you're watching this and you're like pooping your pants. Well, no, I don't know. I've driven some pretty nice cars and some pretty like difficult to drive on tracks and it's hard. And so, you know, like you drive an old Porsche without any like computer assisted mm-hmm. steering or like those like new fancy that's like raw quad clutches or whatever that you have on the on the on the flappy pedals now that it's a hard you have to like know what you're doing you have to like drive it around co- the corners properly and then and then like they have those huge wings and like whatever right this car i don't care how good your traction control is i don't care how good your traction control is I find it really hard to believe I will eat my hat, but I really do actually think I'm going to be wrong, but I'll be amazed if I'm wrong, but I do think I'm going to be wrong to be clear. But if I'm wrong, I'm going to be so amazed that that car can go like, I do not believe it can handle around corners and stay planted at those speeds. I also thought this, even, even in a straight line, it'll probably be pretty difficult. There's no way the wing on that thing is like as big as my like pillow it's tiny mm. now i if i'm like, sure tesla is good at aerodynamics but if i'm wrong it's going to be because be because those batteries keep that thing like on the ground like which could be true actually right like if they do the batteries all along the base of the um car on the, along the floor it's going to be really heavy down weight uh, oh yeah i uh, bet you i'm wrong i mean that's why i think i'm wrong but right. let's just say that if they have made a car that you can easily drive that fast around corners and around like proper racetracks, that mm. car is either going to be the most fun or the most boring car in the world. Right. That's what I was wondering is, is how does Tesla pull this out of the hat? Not having done it before, you know, like we magicked up a car that actually Dude, seriously, I mean, how long has Lamborghini been like, looking aerodynamics for those yeah they haven't they're not fucking around over there like Lamborghini's not like oh well we'll just like if you've ever have you ever driven a supercar no okay i wish if you've ever <laughs> driven a supercar it's really not like driving any other car it's like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you are going very 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 fast you feel like you are going very 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 fast and where you point the wheel the car goes and it feels planted on it feels planted on the road like it doesn't feel right, like because it's yeah it's just it feels like you are in a really fast go car and no matter what how fast you went and you just go it goes where you tell it to go it really is a cool thing but you still have to know how to drive a car you have to know how to like work corners how to like get the inertia right and stuff like that mm-hmm. and and I, I don't know how this, te- like, I just feel like this Tesla, if, if it's that fast and they've got some like super hyper computer controlled, every wheel dynamically adjusts its right. torque and the batteries are in a way where even they can move around maybe based on the, uh, where the car needs its weight distribution, depending on how it's cornering and stuff like that. Maybe they can do that. And if they can, like either that's going to be really fun or really <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I mean. It's hard to say also because it's a prototype. Like, it's so easy for them to say all these things. But, it, it, you know, like, it's this Elon Musk thing. Like, everybody writes it like it's real. Not saying, like, really? I've driven Ben Uretsky's Tesla. Which, you remember which one he's got? I don't remember. The, the, this, the D. The D is the really, like, the insane mode one, right? Where it's, like, crazy fast Tesla. Yeah, that's the one he has. The P15D or 185D. Or, uh, yeah, the D. I think he's got that one. Anyway, 
it it's still whatever one he has it's like it feels as at least as fast as a m3 like probably it feels fast you feel like glued to your seat right yeah the first time i like went to pass someone in florida i freaked out a little bit like i was just like whoa i like i wasn't prepared for it so like how much because this is the thing like those electric engines they have the straight line torque curve it's just like straight power to the wheels right exactly it's like it's no joke look Let's review in 2020 to see if this car exists. I mean, like, here's the thing. Like, it's really nice to talk about the prototype. Oh, my but goodness. It's so funny. I, it is really funny. It's good. It's You know, you're so smart calling it a prototype because everyone just calls it the Tesla car. And it's like, yeah, it's not, it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. It's like, yeah, great. You made one of these. Good fucking luck. Like, no, they've made a few of them. But yeah, I know. But it's not. I mean, it's like saying, you know, it's like the Model 3. Until recently, they were barely producing it. You could basically say that was a prototype car until recently. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm very like bullish the on thing, Tesla. The, but. the thing about that people have to remember about supply chains is once you do supply chain optimization, they become exponentially better. So he just has to get the supply chain figured out and be able to make them at like probably, you know, I don't know what about volume actually, but at some volume. And then once that baseline, okay, here's how we do it is established. It's just, it's just like ramping it up, right? And once you've built one factory, yes, I'm sure you have to wait. Like maybe you don't. And that's the core of this. another one, right? Like so, it's slow, but it will get fast. And I'm pretty that's sure that's why I'm optimistic. Manufacture all the cars. Out. It's not like they need to build a different factory for a different car, which I think. Yeah, absolutely. Other car manufacturers mostly do. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think most manufacturers build a factory for type of car. I mean, Elon Musk must be nervous every day. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, he's busy with rockets, solar panels. Tesla's building tunnels, being a superstar on Instagram, tweeting. <laughs> like, I have anxiety and I just have to, like, get out of bed. So, <laughs> Do you like him? Who, Elon Musk? I find the um, fanboyism about him grating. Like, I think he knows it now. Whereas before, I found him a lot more interesting because he... F- I found his uh, earlier stuff more compelling because it felt like he had something to prove. Like, he was an underdog. And I've noticed that, like, now that he's a celebrity, it's changed a lot. I don't know. Have you ever seen him in that video of him from back in the day getting his McLaren delivered? Yes, it's amazing. He's like a nerd. He's really smug too. He's like wearing <laughs> yeah. a boxy oversized suit. I know. But he's also super nerdy. Like I love it. Okay, let's let's uh let's move on from Tesla. I don't have a ton of time. Not to not to push it, but I just want to compartmentalize. We'll come back in 2019. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> Uber. Oh no. Which one? Oh, it was a big one. Yeah, Ooh. I know. Uh, well, let's just do the data. Start with the good news. Like, wait, what? Oh, the Volvo thing? Yeah. Yeah, it was interesting. They're buying 24,000 self-driving Volvos. Big deal. Amazing. Very good. I mean, that's all I have to say. It's cool. I think it's cool that they're buying a fleet of cars and they're going to do the self-driving thing and it's actually happening. They don't have to worry about the second thing, if that's true. What was the second thing? I don't actually know this one. Uh, well, in the UK, the drivers have won a lawsuit saying that they should be classified as workers. Yeah, good luck. They, well, ironically, I'm pretty sure they are here in Amsterdam. So they have to pay like sick pay and stuff like that? I think the way they did it is you get paid an hourly wage. Like it's not, it's based on trips and, oh, I don't know for a fact. I honestly have no idea. But I know that they took away UberX here because of the licensing thing. I should find out. So I think it's like probably a similar construction. It's like here in Amsterdam, if you are a Deliveroo driver, you actually are an employee and you get paid an app, but they work it so that you have to clock in and out by the app so it's like you are paid down to the minute well, it's fun and you get bonuses for like how much you deliver and stuff i imagine they'll have to do it like that but we'll see 
And then data and then data breach. Oh my god, John! Oh my god, this one's like really good. It's a doozy. It is a doozy. Also, like classic Travis. Yeah, like Travis move. Travis yeah, cla- move. Classic Travis. Classic. Classic Trav. Travis move. Look, let's just quickly like bang through what happened. It's insane, and I love how like every day this week something else came out. So the first day, it was like Dara, the new CEO of the company, was like, "I found out recently that we had a data breach in September." Here's, here's basically the bullet points. We had a data breach in September last year, not this year. Travis and the CSO guy, who I forgot his name, paid... Oh, so the, the hackers got into a server, stole a bunch of data, and Travis and the CSO paid the hackers to hide it, uh, like hide it, yeah, and uh, delete the data. And they signed an NDA, they got the money. Um, that was the first day. And everybody's like, holy shit. They, and the whole thing was, they got in through GitHub. It's a thing I've seen before. Every tech company makes this mistake. Usually not at companies this big, but it happens. Some junior checked in. What did they do? They, you, they, I think it was committed AWS credentials. So they got into a data bucket on AWS and took something. So good job. Good, good vector. A plus. And so that was day one. Okay, good. They dealt with it. Not so good. They covered it up. Uh, they hit it. They never announced it. Five million people were affected, you know, like... And the data's out there. I think it was email addresses, phone numbers. Like, okay, it's not as bad as it could be. It wasn't credit cards or something. But some drivers had their driver's licenses leaked, uh, like stolen as well. Yes, you dealt with it. No, you didn't deal with it in a way that was proper. Usually you would disclose that this happened. Day two, it came out that not only did they cover it up, they disguised it as a bug bounty so the rest of the company wouldn't know. And they hid it from Dara intentionally. (laughs) And then I think day three, it was like, he actually found out four months ago. It wasn't like three days ago, like he implied. So it was like this whole thing. Now, what's your take? Typical. Typical. Total Travis move. So typical, typical Uber. Like, yeah, I will say the fact that they voluntarily disclosed it later is good. But I think the PR move didn't pan out how they wanted it to. Well, it's because, you know, if they ever get dragged in front of Congress. Correct. They did this because he found out and he was like, Jesus Christ, he's I do not, not want this on my name. He's not going to lie to Congress. He didn't want this on his conscience, basically, is what you're saying. Well, he'll have to, if he gets asked about it later under oath, he'll have to disclose it. And if he discloses it under oath three years from now mm-hmm. or a year and a half from now, it's going to be even worse. Correct. And so I think it was a good move because it, it very clearly cleared up that he's not going to try that in theory, but it was interesting to see it happen nonetheless. Anyway, I don't know. Uh, like, Totally not shocked by any of this, except for the fact that they covered it up. Like, not shocked by the data breach, not shocked by the fact that, like, they paid people. Pretty shocked by, like, how it was handled. Also, that they paid them is a little bit weird. Like, usually you send an email to your subscribers and be like, sorry, your account was breached, please change your password. Mm-hmm. But they didn't do that. They just, like, pretended like nothing happened and paid these randos some money. And then, apparently, like, they paid them and then they tracked them down in person and, like, made them sign all this shit and, like... I don't know. The lengths they went to was kind of impressive. The rest not. And Dara also fired the two people who were still at the company that were like colluded on this, which is interesting. So now they have no CSO. I mean, you should fire the CSO. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, jerk. You can't trust this person anymore. Also, if you're a CSO and you're willing to pay off some hackers, like you should not have a career. (laughs) Also, like this happened under his. Anyway, anyway, tell me why AI is getting so good. I love reading the Trello things and being like, what? <laughs> uh, I was trying to think before the before we started what the best way to explain this was. Well, basically... Do you mean machine learning? Like, what is yeah, this? Yeah, so 
There's like some new papers that came out that basically makes reinforcement learning a lot better. So it like it, it kind of includes. I think I think so. A, I am really not an expert in AI. Like I, I like sure understand it outside of. I ask I, other people for yeah. I understand the concepts, but like I don't understand the underlying math, which is very very complex math. I think or mm-hmm. probably not complex math, but I'm terrible at math, so like yeah, it's complex for me. Um, but so basically there's this like thing called what's the easiest okay so here's a really easy way to think about sort of how machine more learning works so just imagine that you have a b c d e f g in a column and then behind that you have another row of a b c d e f g another row another row another row so then Imagine that you are trying to identify a a number, right? So you're trying to do image recognition, and this computer is trying to understand what number is in front of it, right? So uh, in all of your things, A, B, C, D, E, F, Mm -hmm. G, whatever, in this list, each of those um, letters analyzes a a little piece of the number that it's seeing so let's say that it's seven right so you have the top one reads the first block of the stick up of the seven because the seven is two lines right a line across and a line down so the first one reads the first block and the second one and it says oh yeah this is consistent with um one and also consistent with two Uh, are also seven also consistent with nine and so then it and then the next one reads the next block and it's programmed to say you're consistent with whatever so you go all the way down that thing they would all read it and they would all come to a consensus that there was effectively a line there right and so a line up and that line could be consistent with one seven nine any other numbers that have uh, stop down lines in them, I guess that's four. Um, and but but when but then when the net the one that started to read the top stock when it was looking for uh, let's say that it then became a nine, right? So the move this in your head, make this up <laughs> a nine. I'm gone. It becomes round. It becomes right. It becomes no. Listen, right? Like a seven is just a, a, a vertical line across, uh, or a horizontal line across, a vertical line down. A nine is the same thing. Sure. It has a and then it learns this on the end so that on. connects to the thing, right? So, well, no, it just looks for it when it gets to the end there, and it's and the one that's responsible for analyzing that end one says, "Oh, this can't be a seven because right. it becomes rounded." Got it. So then, it, then it comes down to, "Oh, now it must be limited to oh, it has to be," and then eventually it says, "Oh, it has right. to be nine." Yeah. Right. So it deduces so it. Then they know it's, it's nine. Yes. So that's like really, really basic, like the convoluted basic. Um, <laughs> it's not convoluted. No, I, like, I just, I was like, I, I was lagging there. Yeah. Carry on. Yeah. So then, so machine learning is like really advanced, and that's like very, like really horrible. Like anyone who works in machine learning and artificial intelligence would probably be angry at me for explaining it that way, but it's best I can do. So there's these things called adversarial networks, which basically try and trip up the... Um, then you learn what it doesn't know. 
Right. And then you have another thing called reinforcement learning, which says once you've learned something, confirm that you know it and why you know it, yes. and then retrain other things. Like, this thing. Why do you know this to so be becomes, true? Yeah. Right. So, yeah. So it becomes this big collection of technologies, which are actually all different technologies machine learning, reinforcement learning, neural networks, algorithms combined is what we consider the discipline of artificial intelligence. Interesting. So this new, I think it's a machine learning technique, reinforcement mm. learning technique, just they figured out a way to do this like very, very quickly to a very high right. degree of accuracy. And so I think people will start adopting that. But then also Apple yesterday or a couple of days ago uh, released a paper from their artificial intelligence lab giving a better way to identify objects in self-driving cars, uh, which, oh, which cool. they've been working on. Interesting that they would release this. Well, so I my it goes back to my theory that they're building an OS. Yeah, or right, like a platform uh, instead of the they car. Wanna, like, they want to do the platform instead of the car. Like if they are... If they put out a paper and everyone in the industry goes, uh, that's a way better way to do this. And whoa, Apple's this far ahead. Everyone's going to go to Apple and go, hey, what the hell? Yeah, that makes sense. Interesting though. Like what a weird time it is this, for this stuff. I don't know. Like you would not expect that they're playing at all. And I didn't, I also didn't realize it had gotten to the point that they were willing to talk about it, if that makes any sense. Well, I think two things, the, th the paper that they released, it does actually is a, is a yeah. really great way of doing things and is a lot better. And I'm sure we'll, if the reason it was released is obviously because they mm -hmm. want to A, steer the direction to some degree and B, to actually show that they have like real chops in this stuff, right? And the o OEM should go talk to them. They're playing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And if you think about it, actually, Apple's had AI chops for a very long time. I mean, they've been doing... AI and Siri and stuff for a long time. And they've been doing it in a very different way than everyone else. Mm -hmm, they've been mm -hmm. really focusing on doing um, insular learning. Yes, on device. Right? So really not calling out to the cloud or asking for additional data off device and stuff. It's all been on device, which is the hardest way to do it, right? It's really hard to do it that way. You don't have all that access to all that info. So Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I think in the next year it's going to get pretty apparent that doing it on devices also like I, I do think a balance is important i mean if you look at what google's even doing is they're doing a balance of on device and off device now they use like pre-processing on the device and for the heavier lifting they send it elsewhere like oh well we need this wider data set for this okay well we'll send it off for that but not why do you uh why do you think airpods delayed homepod I think yeah, because, HomePod, sorry, yeah. well, I know why. Well, no, okay. I, I know why based on the, you know, like the typical internet things. I, I'll tell you that theory. Is that okay? Of course. Okay, good. Uh, so the theory or the report was that the reason is that they didn't really decide that they wanted to have Siri on it until last second. And they hadn't considered how it would work on a speaker or optimize it for a speaker at all. So that was the report. Why do you think it's delayed? <laughs> Which actually makes a degree of sense, by the way. Apparently the project got killed and rebooted six times. So kind of makes sense. It's like, a, well, I don't know, man. See, I was talking about this with Brooke yesterday. Yeah. It seems really weird because... It is really weird. The, it's weird because they said that they've been working on it for two years mm -hmm. when they... Yep, that was what they said at the announce, yep. And then they announced it for... Six, six months or seven yeah, months into the future. It's going to be December. And now they're delaying it by another... Half a year, at least. So they're, so they've just extended their runway by, like, they're now four or what, three... It'll be a three-year three year period. Three years, I'll be three in theory. And a half years into this project. But yeah. supposedly, it's 
been in the works for a lot longer, like in, in various forms. I wonder if they mean like the current form has been in progress for two years. So my point really is there's no way that they didn't think about doing Siri on it from day one. Well, apparently the problem is, this is what the report said, is Apple's approach to software and hardware being built separately fucked it up really bad this time because the software team didn't know they were building something for a speaker, which kind of makes sense. You know, like a lot of the time at Apple, it's like you don't find out about the form factor you're working on necessarily. Like, you know, some detail, but you don't know exactly the thing. Oh, weird. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Like the iPhone, they had two competing software teams. There were two versions of iOS uh, that did not have access to the hardware. Uh, and then they both got access to the hardware. It became apparent which team was winning at that point. They got to work and it's still like this team won. And this is like Apple's philosophy has been very like, you can kind of see it in the way the iOS is shipped every year. It's like, here's all the features, right, right, right. And then when the hardware gets closer to the time, they add a lot more features in the months after the release of something. Like the iPhone X, I promise you, will get a shit ton of stuff between now and February. And that's, I think... It's already getting better. Yeah, exactly. And I think... I mean, whatever, but I think this time around, maybe they're just misaligned on that. Maybe they, it's this like famous thing. You get to the point where you need to align like your marketing story and the product and whatever. And they, maybe they looked at the market and they're like, holy shit, our HomePod does a 10th of everything else out there. Like this is like, we need to double down on making this so magical, you know, like maybe it just wasn't good. And I suspect that's it. Maybe it wasn't up to snuff. Yeah. My suspicion is it's probably around identification users but that doesn't support that so maybe that's it yeah like maybe they realize like fucking up because the original release was you can use it with one person and only one person so it could yeah, be yeah it doesn't make any sense um and that that must be particularly hard right because if you have an on-device model for learning people that's really hard to do with a speaker so well so i was thinking about this too so apple won't allow you to like Siri knows it's me, but Siri won't use my voice as a um, identification authentication method for even like basic things. Like, like I was like, that should be able to be a tiered authentication method where if I say if I ask a request of Siri, like um, uh, read my last text message or call me a lift mm-hmm. or um, what's the well, what's the weather today? It'll do yes. uh, like just something that it, it, where right now it requires face ID. Actually, it was more useful, to be honest, with thumb ID when you were using Siri face because you could just put your thumb. Like they don't have pattern matching in there at all, right? Yeah. So and so you think about well, so then they yeah, have two choices, right? They either degrade security, yeah, or they single user mode, or in, or or single user or single user mode, exactly, right? So which we talked about sorry. before. As well, like it uh, kill it. So that means that on the AirPod HomePod. or the HomePod, sorry, if they want to do Siri integration where I can do things off my device, uh, it has to know who I am um, to go to your device. And so it doesn't feel, but I don't believe that they will degrade the security that way. I think it's more likely that they'll they are either HomePod will ship with. One user mode. Um, face ID. Yeah, there, were, uh, there was one rumor about that a long time ago, ironically. So it could happen. It'd be kind of weird, though. So, uh, my, But well, the security think, of you, your voice is a pretty secure method. I think it is, too. I mean... Google Home does this, by the way. So when you first get it, say it's you and me, it will make us both do, I think, five or six 
runs it saying, hey, Google, okay, Google, like various different, you have to say like your own name. Um, and it says like uh, in the setup, like for the first few days, you might get asked to do this more and then it just works. I'm curious though, the problem is it depends on how secure they want to be, right? Like to me, Apple is the level of secure, has always been the level of security of like, it would be hard for this government to get into your, yeah, of your data, right? Like, I think that's their standard. And so it seems like, because there's so many ways that you can get around the voice thing, right? Like even just recording you saying it from outside the door, waiting until you're gone and then playing it back. Like it's so, that's a really hard one. There's a few to ways nail. to, there's a few ways to circumvent this though. Um, I can think like I can think of a few fiddly ways to do it at least, you know. So like if you're wearing an Apple Watch and you use your voice, you can almost guarantee it's you because you have the biometrics. If you have the iPhone on your person, you can almost guarantee mm-hmm. it's still you. If you have your iPhone face ID and you've unlocked it in the last fifteen minutes inside your house, you, like there's there's a few ways to solve this. And I do wonder if like you say, I hadn't thought about the security angle, but I do wonder if it's like you say, like not magical enough and it doesn't let you it's not secure enough. And single user mode support Look, seems weird. Yeah, it, it just seems so because Apple's whole thing is around the family. And like, like it should work using the using the iPad together, and like oh, yeah, like if your kids can't connect their iPad to, they it, can't turn their light bulbs on. Like, yeah, exactly. Like so, it does seem weird. It's yeah, be I, I do wonder if it's that. I really wonder if it's just the software. Like the hardware seemed pretty far along, and if you look at, I couldn't, I couldn't believe. Brooke was like, maybe it's supply chain. And I'm I like, seriously, nah. no, it's not supply. Chain no for way. sure. They like this is not a manufacturing problem. It seems because Tim the, Cook knows supply chain fair. That's anything he knows and if is they, supply if chain. Anything like the iPhone 10 exceeded demands on that. Like they did great, wonderfully done, They're really well nailed. It's like two weeks delay. Yeah, it's like, but everyone is still waiting to. Like it's exactly right. Yeah, you want people to wait exactly. two weeks so there's some FOMO. But it's not like but Christmas. You want to make them wait two weeks. Yeah, it's great. It's, it's really well done. I, like I kudos. It. But I will say that like this is clearly not manufacturing. Like Apple pre-announced this device which is unprecedented by by the way like that was a mistake and we should get into the other thing in a minute but the other thing is like it was clearly stunted it it just it didn't seem fully baked i don't know it's just and it's it's unprecedented move a product like this so something must be wrong and 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 i remembered the other thing it's already been seeded in a lot of people's houses so it's like apparently i don't know where i found this out from so just don't like sue me. Apple store employees in some countries have it in their homes. They've been like, oh my dog god, fooding. they're so lucky. Yeah, but they've been dog fooding. But apparently, like, if that's the case and they still canceled it or like delayed it, it something must be wrong. It's got I, the only thing I've thought about this so much. The only thing I can really think of is either software. There's a problem with the like the. What if material like, that they've built the f- the, f- the speaker out of? Because I think too. it's a pretty. What if it's not speaker. as durable as what they wanted? Or what if the like? What if you can blow out the tweeter too easily? Like I'm sure there's something here where maybe they had to go back and be like, oh shit! Like, and this that was the other thing I thought mm. is like if it's software, you can ship a revision while it's in the box on the way to the consumer's house. So I wondered if it was like some edge case, you know, like. I'm sure they'll say maybe something. They just, maybe they just listened to the podcast a couple yeah, weeks Tim ago when we, were, when we were just like, when they were, when we were just like, I'm not going to buy this if I can't use Siri and like do everything good on I know, it. And exactly. then we like, uh, we'll talk about this again, then. but I do want to quickly drop in iMac Pro also, will they ship this in time? Because that was supposed to ship before December 24th. And the iMac Pro is like Apple's, we, we give a shit about the iMac move. 
So Apple has a lot of stuff out there right now, by the way. Have you noticed how huge their product line is? It's I mean, it's convoluted as well. Like there's a lot of different product points. That they've, they've never had there's those. A lot of iPads. Yeah, there's, if you go and buy an iPad, there's the iPad Air, three models of that. There's the iPad Pro, two models of that, cellulars. Then you've got iPhone SE, 7, 8, 10, and various sizes, various <laughs> colors that don't match. Series 1, 2, Three and three LTE watches, and all the Max shit. Edition and Hermes. Yeah, and then you've got like uh, all the dongle. No, I'm just kidding about the dongle. It doesn't matter. But uh, but there's the, also the iMac, and like the iMac is supposed to ship by December. I just wonder if they're just like fragmented. Like this is a, like Tim Cook's Apple was very much this. Uh, what's a is it is it a horizontal approach? It's like where you you cover every sales point basically like you apple like the the iphone thing to me makes sense i don't like it a lot but it means that you can get an iphone for like 300 dollars now the se or whatever uh whereas before it was like the price point was always 700 or more smart but i also wonder if the, it's just uh, like annoying i listened to your iphone x episode oh, yeah. I, like it is a really it is a really great device by the way like yeah i, I know i played with ID, one for the last few days face id is really good I, um, oh, I haven't even told I, you about the Pixel. I, oh yeah, right. But I, will, I don't think today's the day for that. But I will say I love it. This it's interesting because okay. I compared them against each other for the last few days with a friend of mine, Adam, who was here and he's got one. And like it, it is, I think I mentioned it on the last episode with Rod as well. Like we're at a point where it's starting to get pretty close. Like the iPhone Air 10 has this uh, Face ID thing, which looks incredible. I will acknowledge, but the shit I can do on the pixel is insane. The photos this thing is producing is ridiculous. So it's like, and other than face ID, that's it. Technically have a better camera than pixel. I mean, this is always subjective, right? Well, no, I mean, objectively, objectively, every photo I take out of this phone, look, blows the iPhone 10 photos out of the water. That's, that's not, that's subjective. Okay. On paper, the pixel has a better camera. Subjectively, okay. it has a better camera. But when you compare them against each other, it's two different things that stand out. On the iPhone, the color temperature tends to be more accurate, but you can adjust that in post. And the Pixel, what you tend to get is insane depth across the photo. So like, uh, sorry, insane sharpness. So usually what you'll notice in a phone photo is you'll get like, uh, say you're looking at a brick street, you'll get the bricks really in focus at the front. The pic- What the Pixel is really good is at getting is like, the detail of the cracks of the bricks down the street. Like it's consistent. Whereas a iPhone would blur it towards the end or like it just kind of smushes into brick color. That's what I've been blown away at. Every time I take a photo, I'm like, holy shit, you can see like every fur on my cat. I don't know. And I just love it. Like I love that the phone, I, I love that they're all so good this year that they're just kind of rectangles and one has a face thing. The other one doesn't like pretty cool actually. Well, I know John O'Nolan is a big, uh, Android That's fan. It. Did I tell you that I don't know if I said, I think I said this last week. Yes. Or, yeah. About the Samsung S8. Oh, I'm so sorry. That I have one now. Well, I didn't want to be, I didn't want to be like making fun of hmm. uh, like Android. That's a and, bad phone though. <laughs> Beautiful phone. Well, but the software is utter rubbish. I think it's like, this was what bums me out. Like, I'm sure you've had a shitty experience with the software, right? It's terrible. I, I can't stand using it. Yeah, Samsung layers rubbish on it. It's, lo- it's a great device, though. Yeah, the device is beautiful. If they would just load Android on, this is what I was going to say. Is like I would never buy this. Like I would never buy a Samsung phone. I would never buy an LG phone. 
the only reason the Pixel is interesting is because Google is good at design, but they still fuck up on like locking it down. Like they should, next year they should say, carriers, stop fucking putting value add on this and just sell it. Like if they would start selling phones with Google's design language out of the box, it's amazing. The frame rate is beautiful. There's no bloatware. It just works. But then you go on the Samsung thing and the moment you open it, you get 80 pop-ups, right? Like, you, okay, it's bizarre. Oh my goodness. The phone was telling me that there, it was monitoring my Apple and two or monitoring my apps and two apps are running in the background and they've been put to sleep. I'm like, okay, what? Thanks. Uh, or should I be and then like <laughs> one day randomly it said, you've activated entertainment mode. And I'm like, I haven't even touched the phone. Oh my God. Nice. What is entertainment mode? Why does it have a mode? Why is it? That's crazy. So, but it is a great looking phone in the screen. It's beautiful. Fantastic. I love the front of it. Like, oh my God. And Samsung's good at that shit. Hence why the Samsung panel is in the iPhone as well. Like, <laughs> I don't know. You know what I uh, I went back and watched the Antenna Gate uh, thirty three oh, minute um, classic Steve Jobs uh, in the little theater in the little theater in the tiny little theater where he's like, it's so cute. Look, every other phone does this too. Yeah. It's not just us. We got these four other phones. Yeah. They do this as well. Like, mm-hmm. come on. That's what Google needs to do right now. Is like with this Pixel Gate thing, they need to like. That's what I yeah. feel like exactly true. But but then like the thing with <laughs> Apple is, they like immediately shipped a yeah they gave new, the bumper case. Well, no, and they also shipped a software version that because oh, what yeah. was actually happening was the bars were over indicating good signal strength and right. bad signal strength yes. areas. So just that little bit more um, density in front of the, in front of the. Yeah, and like delaying the response time of the signal indicators helped, you know, like it's funny. Reality distortion. We have one thing to talk about. You have less than four minutes. Bitcoin is over 9,000. It actually is. I know. Uh, did you buy any yet? Mm-mm. Every week we're going to just get sadder and sadder. I'm never going to buy Bitcoin. I'm still not like, it's funny. I look at it and I'm like, I should have bought it. And then I'm like, nah. People tell me it's going to go to $68,000. Oh, come on. That's what some person did some analysis. Look, I don't, I'm so tired of predicting it because I feel like I've been wrong over and over, but I don't optimistically seeing it getting higher than, oh God, I don't want to say this. I'm going to regret it. I'm going to eat my hat. But like 10,000 feels like the sky. It will, it will break 10,000 for sure. It will definitely break 10,000. But man, oh man, a lot of people are going to sell their shit when it reaches 10,000. Nah. Yeah. So I don't know. I just don't care. I, I don't care, but <laughs> I find it very interesting because it's like, in A, because a lot of my friends actually like have. Oh, so many people I know are all in. I'm just like, Bitcoin is like CrossFit. Like if you're in, you can't stop talking about it. Okay. Like, <laughs> so when, here's, here's like when we started the podcast, Bitcoin was at 9,100 and. It's at 9,457, right? Right now? And now, it's, now it's at 9,457. Insane. Because I just refreshed the screen that I pulled up when I when we started the podcast. And so like in less than an hour, it's gonna. So it's gonna it's gonna hit 10k today, maybe. It probably will, but I like God. I just want to. Like, but you see, yeah. the thing is, like, you ought to remember the incentives for people to mine this in like Indonesia and China, and right. like if they can mine one coin a day. That's like insane amounts of money, right? Exactly. And they don't, I mean, like, people are throwing inordinate amount of electricity at that, but they don't give a shit because they got a coin. I'm pretty sure I read, I'm pretty sure I read, don't quote me on this, but I'm 95% sure I read that the 
amount that it costs to generate a Bitcoin now in electricity is past the amount that a Bitcoin is actually exactly. worth. But what if you're not paying for it? Well, yeah, in China or like in some places, I think they're just like... Well, it doesn't cost anything for electricity in some company, countries. That's the thing. Like, Well, it well, must cost something. Yeah, sure. But, but like maybe you're not paying for it. Maybe you're like... I can imagine half of the people mining fucking Bitcoins that do it on somebody's data center without the owner knowing. Like, <laughs> that's yeah, what I'm I would sure do. <laughs> I've also read some stuff recently about like exchanges. Oh, it's so shady. Somehow, yeah, inflating things. But I think the thing that I still believe is totally true, and I've said this uh, like a million times on the podcast, there's a huge amount of unclaimable and locked up yeah, they're stuck. Bitcoin out there. The stock. So, like, this market has a very oddly inflated stability. Like, yes. the stability is not real because somewhere I have a Bitcoin wallet with like 50 Bitcoins in it, but I don't know where the hell it is. Right. And the original people who mined Bitcoin have an inordinate amount of Bitcoin compared with the people who arrived later. So, there's a huge power imbalance right now. Like, there's a very large number of people who have a lot who can move the price of it basically on their own. <laughs> um, so it's like this weird dynamic, you know? Weird well, times. it's interesting. I mean... Well, we still the didn't thing buy I it. Don't, well, because, because... It's like you said, nobody... Like, I don't care. I'm sorry. I might care one day. I do. I, I will care when my bank sends me a notice telling me that I have to switch mm. to yeah, that's exactly buying it. things using Bitcoin. I'm late to everything, and they've, conver- and they've, conver- and they've converted my account to exactly. Bitcoin, and I have 0. 0.01300 Bitcoin. Yes. And I'll be like, fuck, I wish I had a whole Bitcoin. Yeah, exactly. I wish I had that. Now I'm going to go find the hard drive I threw away. Okay, we should wrap this up. We will be here next week at the same time, right? Hope so. If you like this, you can review us on iTunes or wherever you get your things. And if you want to read the show notes, I'll put that great Tesla article in there, chargepodcast.com. Or email us, hello at chargepodcast. Or just join Recharge. Okay, John, until next week. Bye, Biscus. Bye, Biscus. I missed that. Bye, Biscus. Love ya. You too. Bye. Bye.